Hello, hello, hello. So before I go into today's brand new episode of the podcast, I just want to let you guys know that the next intake of the female fat loss program for September is now open and it will start on Monday the 5th of September. So just in time for when the kids go back to school and you'll be back into your normal routine. So it'll be the perfect time for you to get back into things if you've been kind of putting things off for when the kids are off. So what does the female fat loss program actually entail? It's a six week program and it's completely tailored to you with your tailored training it's perfect for if you want to use gym workouts home workouts doesn't matter what equipment you have it can be tailored to you whether it be bodyweight workouts whether it's going to be dumbbell workouts or kettlebell workouts there's not any hit it's just literally going to be resistance training and it will get you the results you're looking for so there'll be demonstrations with videos on this as well there'll be calories and macros set for targets for you that are tailored to you there'll be education training and nutrition around your cycling time of the month and how to work make that work for you you have a choice of the actual preference or home or gym workouts depending on what you have time for there's free recipe books as well the brownies are absolutely amazing so i definitely get get involved in those the recipe books are not a meal plan i don't do meal plans dietitians are literally the only people on this earth that are allowed to give meal plans everyone else is just googling it up so it's not a meal plan it's my fitness pal friendly recipe books so if you scan the barcode on the bottom of the page on the actual recipe book itself it will populate the, the, the ingredients and the calories for you into my fitness pal for you which is saves the hassle which is a bit that no one really likes in my fitness pal anyway so then we've got a facebook group which is where we will do our weekly q a's where we have our group and you'll have interaction there you'll have interaction with me and then we'll have our weekly check-ins as well and on that the check-ins will be done via email and you will have to fill in your check-in on a monday and then on a tuesday you will get feedback from myself so that everyone that's come through the program so far has had an amazing time so how do you know if this program is for you it's someone who's looking to educate and learn and get the results they're looking for that they've never actually tried to get or get the results they've actually tried to get then there's also someone who's looking for education around their cycle and how their body works for them rather than letting their body run their lives it's being a part of a like-minded group who can support and work with each other and that's the biggest feedback that's come through it is i can't believe how simple 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 it is one and i can't believe that the tactics that you use with us and teach us is so simple and it's really easy to do the other feedback that's come through is the weekly accountability is amazing the other support that's come in and the other feedback that's come through is the amazing support network that people have in the group and they've seen massive changes with that as well so if this is for you the next one starting on the 5th of september and the price is 169 for six weeks so the group link is in the actual write-up of this episode itself and then you've got one-to-one coaching as well so there is a difference the link for one-to-one coaching is different to the female fat loss program so if you want to sign up for the female fat loss program that is starting on the 5th of september click the link in the actual write-up or click the link in the bio pop me any questions but the best way is to apply for it and your program will be sent over to you the friday before you start and you can ask any questions looking forward to seeing you guys in there and i will talk to you very soon hope you guys enjoy the episode hello 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 so guys thank you so much for sending in the questions that you've sent in from the q a so whoever is listening to this as a podcast form the questions that have been sent in are from the female fat loss group that we currently have running at the minute and it's amazing to see the progress and the amount of change that are happening in habits routines there's no restriction welcome chocolate every day carbs every day weekends are being managed 
as best we can in a few tweaks um, are seeing massive massive changes in results and stuff so the questions that are co- have come in on in relation to this week's are some of them i did on content on it during the week and a few of them kind of got a lot of like, a few of them got decent traction and stuff like that so i thought i'd repeat it again so i'm going to keep it kind of short enough with kind of like the three main questions that kind of came in and then if you have a look at any of the other q a things like where to get protein from that side of things you'll, you'll probably notice there's a lot of overlap in some of the things that i've said so in relation to the topics that i'm going to be talking about today are in relation to doms how to manage them in relation to digestion and flying which is a new one and i'm actually surprised i haven't covered it before and then there's also tips for managing your routine when kids are going back into school so i know that's going to help an awful lot of you on that side of things so the first one that i'm going to talk about is in relation to doms so what exactly are doms and should we be aiming for it so what doms means is delayed onset muscle soreness and it is muscle pain that begins after you've worked out so the image that i have in my head of what doms looks like if you've ever seen wolf of wall street and Leonardo DiCaprio takes a load of quaaludes and he goes into the car at the country club and he's unable to walk. He thinks he's able to walk and he's not able to walk and he's crawling around the place. That's essentially what I think Dom's is. And what can it look like Dom's is you're having difficulty sitting down onto the toilet. You are struggling to walk down the stairs. You're struggling to walk up the stairs. You're struggling in general. And that's what it could look like. And generally it takes about, depending on where you see the research, about 24 to 72 hours for that to kick in. And it's generally when you start training after a while or you haven't done something before or it's working new muscles that you haven't worked before. I know one of my one-to-one clients went and did activities in a in a center and hadn't, hadn't worked part of, part of her body in that way before. And like rock climbing all that kind of stuff and was very sore the next kind of couple of days afterwards so we just scaled back the training in order to kind of adjust that side of things and it can feel it can it can it can demotivate people as well which i don't think people realize is it makes you almost feel like i don't actually want to train anymore which is kind of counterintuitive if you are feeling doms at the beginning of your journey or you're brand new to the gym or you started running for the first time for the first time in a while or you've gone to crossfit or whatever it may be it's normal to have doms it's normal to have doms around that time and so it's really really normal to have doms around kind of like the beginning of at the beginning of a journey for yourself is it normal to have it all the time no it means you're probably under recovering rather than overtraining. it's very very difficult for us to overtrain, if that makes any sense so one of the things that looks at what what could it be doms is are the muscles tender to touch have you got a reduced kind of range of motion in or are you stiff when moving swelling in the affected muscles muscle fatigue short-term muscle short-term loss of muscle strength as well so what actually causes doms itself so exercise can cause tiny microscopic tears in the actual muscle fibers itself so your body restart, res, responds to 
the damage by increasing inflammation, which may lead to delay, which may lead to the actual DOMS itself. And this can make things a little bit sore, and it's uncomfortable to say the least. And we can all be impacted by DOMS. I know, having gone back to play club football or club soccer for the first time in about eight to ten years, I know my body is struggling with getting back to that level of intensity one and the recovery so i have parked my own weights training until i'm probably about a month in and just focusing on getting my nutrition correct pre-training pre-matches making sure i'm hydrated making sure i'm sleeping that side of things but if your doms are going on for a long time or they're taking a long time to recover because I know I had a comment in my DMs after the post that I put up around DOMS and the PT said it's definitely not DOMS or it's, it's it's only DOMS when in fact it was actually a muscle tear because they went to physio and they were advised to go to physio by someone else they went to physio as a proper proper muscle tear I think they're like their hamstring or their quad I think had tore so like there's a massive difference between DOMS and that. That's a proper injury. So making sure that that's not a proper injury. But more often than not, it will be DOMS. So a lot of people think that they need to be sore after every workout to have a good workout. And this is kind of like a kind of like a bro or a bodybuilding kind of ideology that you need to be hammered to yourself into the ground in order to have a good workout. A lot of people think they need to be all sweaty and stuff like that with a workout. And I know I had Danny Matrang on and he talks about that we don't have enough time. It's normally a sign that you are misinterpreting what you're, you're misinterpreting what a workout is. It doesn't need to be an hour long. It doesn't need to be an hour and a half long. It can be 20, 30 minutes. So you have time. It just may not be a priority for you at that time. That could ease the pressure away from yourself as well. If you are new to training in the gym, you're probably going to be sore for a while. Uh, for the first week or week and a half two weeks because your body hasn't done any of those movements the body hasn't and your body is basically screaming out saying what the hell are you doing to me you'll feel less sore after each workout and you shouldn't be sore after every single workout like that's not what it means and if you're if your pt is hammering you like that or your coach is hammering you like that and you're feeling sore after four six eight ten weeks it means that you're probably under recovering and your sleep or your stress needs um a little bit of wiggle room on that side of things so what can aid muscle soreness and one of those things that i would always recommend and i don't recommend anything that i haven't tried on myself or that i that i wouldn't advise for myself which would be keep trying to move to ease muscles stiff muscles and people are like well i can't move i'm like you can move so so a lot of people it can be demotivating as i said already i know that was one of the comments that kind of came in and i know the sleep pattern for that that particular client may not be on point at the minute and squeezing in a workout is difficult so we're just scaling things back and seeing what we can 100 percent commit to but we're trying to say you might be actually tempted to rest and avoid all exercises and movement when doms actually appear you may want to hit sit in the cage there's nothing wrong with that if you want listen to your body most people actually don't listen to their body. Most people think that like, they have to hammer themselves every week to get the results they're looking for. Consistency will probably get you better results than hammering yourself than having to take a break all the time. 
that's me being brutally honest you probably if you've done weights the next day i probably wouldn't advise you go to run a marathon the next day or running the next day or high intensity cardio the next day that's probably what i wouldn't advise you to do what i probably would recommend to do is get some sleep and then i probably recommend to do some sort of movement like a light walk just to kind of like de-stiffen the muscles if you know what i mean and that could help to just kind of like try some gentle yoga some low moderate walking some potential like cycling that might help you as well or there also could be some you go for a swim so how can you actually treat doms and the really only real treatment with doms is time and a lot of us don't like the fact that we may have to be patient with certain things and more research is needed to, f- to probably find a proper solution for it but time i would always recommend the walking you could get a massage generally there was a result there was a study in 2017 and people who got massages after 24 48 and 72 hours after an intense workout reported significantly reduced soreness than those who didn't get a massage obviously finance is a massive thing at the minute for a lot of people so they may not be able to afford it and the ones that set the sweet point sent seemed to be around the 48 hour mark for yourself and that could work for yourself it might not always be feasible it might not be affordable calves thighs buttocks arm shoulders could be working for yourself you could use a foam roller for yourself as well if you if you want a more affordable method for yourself you could do yoga some light yoga could help there's loads of yoga workouts on youtube the likes of stuff with shona virtue there's the likes of yoga with more in ireland here there's loads of different yogis that you could you could work with as well on that side of things you could potentially go for a shower or a bath that could help you there as well to kind of relax after that as well you if your doms are lasting for over seven days you may need to go to the doctor just to check and see everything's okay you may need to see if your if your urine is is abnormally dark you may need to go to the doctor as well you will need to go to the doctor as well or you have severe swelling in your arms you may need you probably need to go to the doctor then can you prevent them you may not be able to you probably won't be able to avoid them um at all altogether but if they're happening all the time it's a sign that you're under recovering so important the real real basics and it's normally the basics that people forget they're they're, they're too busy googling all these quick gimmicks and these quick fix diets and quick fix solutions and webmd and all this kind of stuff stay hydrated like the one and a half two liters recommendation is is including foods like tea and coffee included but i wouldn't recommend having just living off caffeine you'll probably have these ups and downs of energy and that kind of stuff you could do a little bit of dynamic stretching uh, or and then use static stretching afterwards if you wish do it for five or ten minutes i know with my my one-to-one and my group coaching clients they have warm-ups at the beginning if they want to use them and a little bit of that could help you you could do a cool down if you really really wanted to and take it slow like leave longer gaps in between your training sessions so if you're brand new to training don't train monday tuesday wednesday and not be able to walk for the rest of the week why not try to train on a monday potentially a wednesday or a thursday and then maybe a saturday or a sunday depends on what your time or your, your schedule is but the most thing is most people don't scale train their schedules or plan in their workouts they leave it up to motivation they tend to wing it the work gets priority all that side of stuff and it's figuring out what works for you so 
Dom shouldn't be ruling. You shouldn't be ruling whether it's a good workout or not. Maybe scale back your workouts if you're feeling them all the time. So say if you're not able to recover, like I'm not able to recover personally from five workouts in a week. I'm not able to. My body just doesn't allow it. Four is the absolute max my body will able to still see improvements in my lifts, still be able to recover, still be able to not be sore. And I'll feel a hell of a lot better if I get my four workouts a week. That's not including my walks. I'll always walk in the morning to make sure that I am taking that self-care measure for myself. So that would be highly recommended on that. Are you getting sleep? Are you managing your stress? If those two things are off, the foundations for the fitness that you are doing is going to be off. And you're kind of almost stagnating your 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 journey if you're not getting enough sleep and stress managed. So if you want to look at your sleep, you can look at the episode with 280 with Nick Littlehales, who was Man United's and Cristiano Ronaldo's sleep coach. Or you've got an episode with Tom Coleman as well, which are superb episodes. So I'll put those into the show notes on that side of things if you want to listen to those. Managing stress is a massive thing. Like we, Our bodies aren't made for the amount of stress that's going on in life right now. They really are not made for it and they don't like it. That's why if you're getting the likes of PMS or you're getting DOMS all the time or you're more irritable, your body's trying to tell you something it's meant to be in homeostasis which is in balance and if you're not in balance your body like it tells you it tells you something is off so hopefully that helps with doms you shouldn't be sore after every workout uh, on that side of things so the next one is in relation to the digestion and flying so in relation to a lot of people can get a little bit more bloated or can even find that they get a laxative effect or they can feel that they get a little bit more constipated so if you have a good health issue beforehand just make sure that you get that looked after and your gut your gut goes through an awful lot of stress during long-haul flights and it's hardly surprising that the digestion goes out a little bit of kilter or a little bit of out of whack so how do you kind of reduce the bloating after flying it might be on your mind you might feel more uncomfortable particularly if you've done a long haul flight and the first thing you want to do is go out on the beach or you're coming back and you want to get back into clothes and show off your time it can play on your mind so it's gas can also be a prevalent thing as well so if you think of it like your gastrointestinal tract is like a long tube okay and any gas trapped in there will expand and put more pressure on it and that's essentially what it's like and this excess gas is to be expected given the the atmospheric pressure in the cabin and in the plane just think of your your ears or a water bottle popping it's happening because the air is squeezed into a tight space and that's putting more pressure on your digestive system so those who suffer with ibs like myself will be really sensitive to the impact of the expansion of the gastrointestinal tract and First, the food will go down into the stomachs, but it doesn't make it into the large bowel for about three to six hours for the average healthy person. And while and that is where the food is going to be fermented. And according to some, a lot of the kind of the traveling companies that are out there, they've experienced of a lot of people are going out more for weddings and all that kind of stuff, but they're not kind of like they may have, might feel a little bit more bloated around that side of things. So how do you actually try to avoid bloating on a plane? And one of those things that you can do is 
try to avoid having a massive meal before you head off on a flight i know when you're in the airport and your flight's delayed the first thing you want to go and do is go to one of those processed food restaurants they're fine by the way but if you're having a massive meal and it's it's not going to lead not going to aid the stomach if you're having a massive meal before you head off on a flight it's not best to load the stomach uh, because it might be too much food for you to absorb and um, be mindful slow regular bites put the cutlery down in between that side of things but that's not just on a plane that's just normal everyday life as well because if you're having too much say fruit or you're having garlic you're having too much veggies or cabbage or that side of things that could also have an issue with gut and health and, and gas and side of stuff so you could have a little bit a small bit of veggie, veggies the day before if you wanted to the fact that you're almost certain to be hydrated on your flight won't help matters as well so while we're used to operating in a bed i think it's about 60 to 90 percent humidity in the uk and ireland it's down to about 20 percent in the air so buy a bigger bottle of water when you're in the airport and get that down you and keep it topped up if you can or top it up with water watch out for carbonated drinks on that side of things watch out for caffeine and that side of things so and then there's also the toilet issue that we don't really like most people don't like going to the toilet on a plane anyway um so yeah it's like if you avoid and you're holding in gas or avoiding going to the toilet on the plane you're going to cause more air to expand in your stomach and this could lead to, to lead to more pain and i know but keeping it pressured and keeping it, it that side of things won't aid you in any way either so i know some of the recommendations that when you're flying reducing caffeine have herbal tea instead reduce carbonated drinks like alcohol and all the fizzy drinks and stuff have a walk around the airport before you get on go to the bathroom before you go on your flight watch out for salty foods before you go reducing fruit and uh, reducing dairy products if it's something that irritates your stomach and then if you are on a long-haul flight and this is something i have to do anyway because of my previous medical history is you probably need to get up every couple of hours when you're on a long-haul flight and walk around like i know the last thing you want to do when you're on a long-haul flight you're watching a good movie and you don't want to get up but it can help to kind of like just get a bit of movement into the body if you are in significant discomfort or before or after you're flying talk to your doctor and if you are haven't gone to the bathroom for two days after a flight you need to go to a pharmacy or a doctor to make sure you're getting something in if you're constipated and making sure that you are doing that um so yeah hopefully that helps on that the last one i'm going to talk about is in relation to tips for managing kids when you're back to school and managing your own training and nutrition around it so i know when i bought the house here one of the things that when i went when i was, when I was wandering around the kitchen the couple had have two young kids that's why they sell the house because they wanted a bigger house because they've got two young kids and they had a calendar on the back of the door and on that calendar they had when either of them were going to be training whether it was going to be classes or whether it was going to be meeting up with friends for a walk or whatever maybe they had that schedule written for them so like for example these aren't their names john and mary John would have been training on a Monday and a Wednesday and a Saturday, while Mary would have been training on a Tuesday, Thursday. 
and potentially a Sunday. And Friday was date night. And they even had that written on. That might sound controlling to some people, but they are in control of when their workouts are, are being done. And they were either, one was in the morning and one was in the evening, depending on what type of person you are. I know I train better in the morning. My energy drops considerably in the evening. So I prefer to chill out and unwind and kind of like just process the whole day and kind of like chill out for a little bit on the evenings that I'm not training anymore. So schedule in things around your workouts and some of the things that I'm working with with clients is if both of you went to training, amazing. So you're on the same buzz. If one partner is not into training, one partner is, then it's a little bit different. But then at least one person can look after the kids while the other person's away, create a morning routine. If one person likes to train in the morning, well, then that person takes turns in the school runs. That could be an option as well. It may not always be feasible. One person may have to travel an awful lot for work. One person may be doing night shifts. It's not always feasible. I'm fully aware of this. I'm just trying to give some suggestions that may aid you. They're not kind of like, they may not aid you, but some of them might. In relation to making meals for the kids, eat with the kids. Most people think, and particularly the, the, the uh, parents that I work with, they think that they need to create a second meal for their kids. And then for them, they need to cook a separate meal. You don't. If you have fussy eaters, it's a little bit different. But you do not need to cook a separate meal if you have kids. Eat what the kids are having. You're in control. If you've got lads. Yeah, lads are the other thing. I'm genuinely recommending that. But use frozen veggies if it's easier and handier. Genuinely mean that they're cheaper. They're easier to cook and they are, they hold their nutrients more because if you think about it, the veggies that are on the floor, on the shop floor, they go from the ground to the shop and the minerals are go into the air. If they're frozen, they go from the ground into a freezer and their minerals are stored and that could help you to get your minerals and vitamins in. So add in that side of things, make the likes of curries or spaghetti bolognese or lasagnas, all that kind of stuff, stuff that can be stored in the freezer. So when you're feeding tired or fatigued you can just literally defrost the, the the meal and you can put that out for the kids or whatever it may be batch cook i had we um one, one of the big episodes on batch cooking and you can batch cook i'm not saying you need to cook for like an army but cooking a couple of extra meals or the day before if you're cooking for dinner cook that a little bit more for yourself so you have your lunch the next day sorted already or make a stew like we're coming into winter and autumn and stew or our class and you could potentially have that for a couple of days generally stew tastes better after a couple of days anyway when when could you train you could train on the way after on the way potentially your schedule allows it you could potentially push back your meetings with work you could potentially train on the way back from the kids you could walk to your kids to school if it's not raining and they'll lead that by example. They'll remember that time as well. They could stress you out as well. Like, I'm not going to lie on that. Uh, you could walk in the a.m. Uh, after the kids. You could go to the park after yourself. You could go to the gym. You could book in a class on your lunch. You could book in training sessions with friends. You could go for walks with your friends. You could do your online shop. Loads of different things you can do. Like, I know from what I can see with my mates who are parents, they feel like there's always something to do. And I bumped into the one last night and the biggest thing that they've said is the routine. They're like, right, this evening is mine, that morning is yours. They book it into themselves so they, they know what 
is in their schedule how they work around so they know what they can say no to then most people don't know what to say no to or can't say or refuse to say no because they're people pleasing but if you have something in your schedule like if someone asked me to do something right now i'd be like no i've got a podcast or i if someone asked me to do something on a monday and a wednesday night I'm like no i'm training i can't do it. i can't do it so if you have stuff booked in for you you can say no to it with kids it's a li- i know it's very different because they can get sick and when kids get sick things can get tools can be downed and that's normal response but it's not mixed workout guilt means you you are like you've done something wrong and then generally the overlying thing over that is shame and shame means i am wrong for looking after my kids realistically are you wrong for looking after your kids no you just need to potentially look after your kids for a little while and they'll get back to it asking for help can also help could grandparents get involved could they have play dates could you ask the neighbor to do a carpool? There's loads of different things you can do. It's, sometimes it comes down to control for people. That, and particularly with COVID, the restrictions have eased. We're back to semi-normality with the things as well. And asking for help is the hardest part of what I've seen with parents. Asking for help. Really, really is asking for help. Things are tight right now for people financially, unfortunately. And... I think the big thing for you is over there is support around you and you have a support network that you feel safe in but don't do this on your own you have you have help around you and asking for help and don't be too proud to ask for that help um so there's the three main topics that have come up which is dom suggestion for flying and tips for managing kids get back to school if you have any questions on this, let me know and I will happily answer them. If you have any questions that you want me to pop into the episodes, let me know and I'll happily I will happily record an episode on those. And yeah, hopefully that makes sense. I know it's a short and sweet episode, only half an hour, which I think is the shortest episode, but it's half an hour of me talking. So I hope you guys have enjoyed the episode. If you enjoyed it, please do tag me up on your story. If you've enjoyed it at all, pass a comment. If any of those tips were helpful or weren't helpful, which they may not be, let me know. And I'm looking forward to hearing back in the feedback. So guys, thank you so much for listening.